You are listening to the Murray Hills Church Podcast. To learn more about Murray Hills Church, including our gathering times and how to connect with us, visit us online at murrayhills.com. Lord, I thank you so much this morning for this church, for this diverse group of people who love you with their whole heart, who don't mind talking about hard things, who love you and want to serve you and want to be an example of your love to those around them. God, I thank you for the church. I thank you for this series, a reminder of why this is important. God, and I thank you that because of who you are, because you are the creator of the universe, that you are all powerful, that you are the one that holds the power of your name. God, I pray for those that are hurting today, who have walked away from the church because of the things that they see. God, may they see that that is not who you are, that you are a God of love and of peace and unity. God, I ask that you will speak through me today, that you will multiply this message to everyone that hears it, and that we will be convicted to continue to grow and be your hands and feet to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. So why church? Week two. Last week, Russ talked about why we gather. What is the point of church? Why do we do this? We talked about the point of church as we come for teaching and connection and encouragement. Last week, we had about 600 people we estimated that watched between our online and in-person services. It is a number that we haven't seen in several months. And what this tells me is that even in the midst of a pandemic, as one year closes and another year begins, we realize how important it is to stay engaged with our church family and our church community and to grow together as believers. And last year, when COVID first happened, when the church doors closed, we wondered, I wondered as a church leader, what would the church look like on the other side of this? When 2021 and 2020 are just memories of things we talk about way back when, who longs for those days, will the church be stronger or will it be weaker? And that is up to us. Another thing we were reminded of during all of this season is that church is not a building, but church is a people, a people called to gather, to grow, and to go. Gathering, growing, and going are all elements of discipleship, which we will talk about today. But before we go and make disciples, we must become disciples ourselves. As I thought about what's next, Russ talked about gathering this week, and today we're going to talk about growing and going. One thing I realized is that several people have gotten into the habit of attending church on Sundays. We'll come once a week, twice a week. Some of us come every Sunday. But it seems like less people are growing in their relationship with Christ. And even less people are going and making disciples. What is the disconnect? 
Why are we okay with attending? But why are less and less people willing to grow? If our lives are evidence that we have been changed by the power of God, then why don't we have a desire to grow in our relationship with him, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday as well? I had a friend call me a couple of months ago, and she said, Ebony, I have a pastoral question for you. Whenever somebody calls me and says that, I hold my breath because I have no idea what they're going to say, what deep secrets they're going to tell me, or whether I will have any answers to those questions. So she proceeded to say, I have realized that I have become discontent with church. I like to hear different pastors online because they know how to dig into the word and, and teach me things I've never heard before. And I feel like when that happens, I grow in my faith. But in the city that I'm in, it's hard for me to find a church where the, where the pastor really, really teaches me anything new about the faith. All of the sermons are geared towards new believers, and I feel like I'm not growing. If I do happen to find a church where I, I feel like I'm learning something from the stage, then my kids aren't getting what they need and not getting connected in youth ministry. So she says, will I find a church that meets all of our needs? And I let up my deep breath because I said, I know the answer to this question. No, you won't. And then I proceeded to tell her, what you are suffering from is a term that I have coined spiritual obesity. And spiritual obesity is the need to consume information about Christ without the conviction to do anything with that information. I said, see what you're doing, you're experiencing is you go to church Sunday after Sunday and you hear more and more about the word of God, but then Monday through Saturday you sit on that information and you do nothing with it. Just like eating without exercise causes an unhealthy lifestyle, growing in our relationship with God and not do anything with that information causes discontent. God did not call us just to gather on Sundays to get more and more information. He calls us to grow in him, to use what we have been taught in our world. Romans 12, 2 tells us, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The beginning of that verse says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Maybe the disconnect in our desire to just, not just gather, but to grow is the fact that we are conforming to the world and we have not been transformed by the power of God. Do you look any different today than that day that you made a confession of faith to believe in Jesus Christ? Does your life look any different? Have you been transformed? I always have heard, I have taught from the stage that the definition of Christianity is to be Christ-like. It's simple, it's easy, and it is true. But I was interested, I wanted to see what does Webster say the definition of Christianity is? And it says, one who believes in the teachings of Jesus. 
That was very perplexing to me. That is part of the disconnect is that some people believe that a relationship with Christ begins and ends with believing in him. That Christianity requires no action. That it's easy that God says, believe in me, and that's where it starts and where it stops. But believing in Jesus is only the beginning to our relationship with Christ. God is calling us to grow. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Quoting scripture, knowing scripture, means that we can read, that we can memorize text. But living out the scripture means that what we are reading, what we are hearing has affected and convicted us. And it changes who we are. God requires much from us. He doesn't just call us to gather. He calls us to grow in our relationship with him. He calls us to go and make disciples. Now, we talked about the importance of gathering. We talked about the importance of growing, the fact that God wants us as believers to not just be in one spot in our relationship with him, to remain as baby Christians, but to look more and more like him. So how do we grow? What things can we do? Prayer, Bible study, community, and serving. Those are the four ways that we grow in our faith and our relationship with Christ. I was taught over the years that prayer has to be done in a certain posture, in a certain way. I have to make sure that my eyes are closed, the rooms are silent, my, my hands are in a certain place. But I have learned that prayer happens anywhere. Driving in the car, hanging out with your kids, cooking in the kitchen. It is a conversation between you and Christ. What I've also learned is that prayer in that conversation requires two things. Speaking and most importantly, it requires listening. Listening so that we can hear God give us directions, that we can learn what his will is for our life, what he's asking us to do. Bible study is also a vital part of our growth in our relationship with Christ. Monday through Saturday and not just on Sundays. How do we study the Bible? What are some ways that we can do that? One thing we can do is take the verses that we hear on Sunday and write them down. And during the week, read the whole chapter, read the context of what happened around those verses, what those people were experiencing, what God was saying to them. The Bible app has hundreds if not thousands of different topical Bible studies that you can do on your, home, on your own at home as well. We here at Murray Hills offer studies throughout the year, both in person and online, that you can do together to grow in your faith. Community. We have several opportunities to grow in your faith by participating in community, by getting to know those that you attend church with on Sundays. It was so sweet last week to see so many of you staying after and talking to one another, of course, six feet apart with your masks on, but there was lots of engagement and communication going on. How are you doing? How's your family? How can I pray for you? Community is a vital part of who we are and how we grow in our faith. 
We have discipleship studies that we have, women's studies, community groups, so many ways that you can plug in and grow in your faith and in community together. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 reminds us that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If one of them falls, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. That is why we have to be intentional to build community because we need one another. Because sometimes we get into situations that are hard and we need one another to pick each other up. When we read the Bible, we read through the different stories and we read about what those people have experienced because it teaches us about the character of God and the same thing about community. I've learned about God so much through the people that are around me. I've learned of the strength of God from a friend who lost a spouse or a child. I learned that God sustains me through someone who tells me a story about how they were unemployed for a whole year and never had an unpaid bill. Through the stories of my community, I remember that when I'm going through hard times, that God will be with me. Serving, serving in our church and in our community is another way that we grow in our faith. It reminds us that the world is bigger than us, that there are people who are in need greater than we are. It makes us appreciate who we are, our God, and what we have. Serving here at Murray Hills is an opportunity to engage in the mission that you say you believe God is doing here. Are we just gathering or are we gathering and growing? It takes about 65 people to run Murray Hills on a Sunday. One person said, I love going to Murray Hills because they have so many people that they don't need any volunteers. <laughs> it's funny. But we, my family and my husband and my kids and I always talk about how we are a team at home. We serve one another and we do things together because we are a family. Same thing here. We are a family and we serve one another. We grow together and we engage in the mission of God together. Prayer, Bible study, serving are ways that we grow. Now let's talk about going, gathering, growing, going. After Jesus was resurrected from the dead, before he ascended into heaven, he asked his disciples to meet him on the mountain near Galilee for his one final talk. You've seen that in the movies where someone is laying on their deathbed and they have one final breath. And with that last breath, what is the most important thing that they are going to say. And in Matthew 28, we see what Jesus says to the disciples. Verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The very last words that Jesus spoke to us were verbs. They were words of action. So why are we okay with just gathering? 
his last breath, he began by telling us to go. To make, to baptize, to teach, to obey. Somehow in the 21st century, we have translated that statement, those verses, to only mean, oh, he's talking to people who are called to the ministry, those who are on the stage at my church. He is not telling me to do those things. But brothers and sisters, that command is for each and every one of us. What does it mean to go and make disciples? It means discipleship. Discipleship is meeting people where they are and taking them where Jesus wants them to go. There was a story of a group of business missionaries who went on a mission trip to Thailand, and they divided that group into two different parts. One where they called the blessers, the others they called the converters. And they went into Thailand, the business converters went in with just doing business and converting, telling them the three steps to become a believer. And the other group, the blessers, went in intentionally to bless the community, to meet their needs, to walk with them, to be in relationship with them, and then to talk about Jesus. And after the five years of this research project, at the end, they were astonished as they looked at the communities that the blessers were in. Social good had happened. The communities were actually flourishing more. They, there was change there. But as I looked at the people that were just the converters, the cities were the same. And one thing that was the most astonishing of all out of this study is that those that went in to bless the community first had 50 times more conversions than those that just went in talking about Jesus. That shows us that discipleship is not just about talking about Jesus. It is about being in a relationship with people to show them who Jesus is. That is discipleship. Each one of us is called to go and make disciples. That is why gathering and growth are imperative. They are steps that we have to fulfill in order to make Disciples, we are not called to make some, someone into something we have yet to become. We have to first be disciples so that we can make disciples. Relationship. If I asked you to pull out your phone and to give me the names of the people that you are actually in relationship with who have yet to know Christ, would you have anyone to show me? If we are to go and make disciples, we have to be intentional about building relationships with people who have yet to know him. How do we go and make disciples? By the, for those who have yet to know him, we invite them into our world and we enter into theirs. It is doing our job with integrity. It is listening to a friend who is struggling or helping someone whose marriage is broken. It is giving to those in need, being a listening ear, sending a text. That is how we build relationships because people are watching you. It doesn't require a trip around the world because all nations 
are right in your backyard, in your, on your jobs, in your schools, in your neighborhoods. That is where God is calling us to go. It is very likely that God has already placed people around you in your life that he wants you to build this relationship with. When I became a believer in college, my first prayer was, Lord, show me the world through your eyes. And I remember stepping on campus that next day, and the people that I had judged the week before, because of the way they looked, they talked, they spoke, my heart broke for them because God showed me their need, their struggles, why they were in such desperate need of a loving father. Lord, show us the world through your eyes. The people around you are longing for you to see them through the lovely, uh, loving eyes of your father. He will give you a heart and compassion for the lonely and the broken. Some of you are saying, Ebony, I hear what you're saying and I want to do it a little bit. But if I invite anybody into my world, they're going to see that I yell at my husband, that we argue, that sometimes I yell at my kids, that I curse a little bit. And I have a bad habit that I cannot seem to break. I know <laughs> that is the point. People that need Jesus, people that want to experience his love and grace need to understand that God loves us, not if we make a mistake, but when we do. Some of you listened to his message this morning. Your eyes have glazed over. And I see some of them in the room. But you're, you're like, I hear what you're saying, but I am good with just attending on Sundays. I check it off my list because that's what good Christians do, and I keep it moving. But there is so much more that God has for you. I have been in relationships with people over the past couple years who are believers who have decided to take that step to growth, and it is amazing about how they are experiencing the Father in such a new and exciting way. There are things that God has for each and every one of you in this room, no matter your age. He wants to awaken in you passion and giftings that you didn't even know were there. That may sound scary to some of you, but that is why we are in this thing together. Matthew 28, the Great Commission is what it's called. It is a co-mission. We are in this thing together. What if church success was not measured by how many people attended on Sundays, but how each one of us blesses, reaches, and disciples our community? What if church success was measured not by how many people gathered, but by how many people are growing and going? And that is up to us. I want to close us out reading over you Matthew 28 once again in the Amplified Version, but I want you to hear the words this time falling on your ears as the final instructions that your loving Father who wants the best for you is saying to 
you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Help the people to lean, learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. Let us gather, let us grow, and let us go make disciples. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your reminder this morning that you are calling each and every one of us, those in this room and those online, to seek your face, to intentionally grow so that we can obey your last words on earth to go and make disciples. God, I ask that you will show us the world around us through your eyes, that we will realize this week as we go to work or school that there are people around us who are hurting that we have not even noticed. God, show us those that you want us to be in relationship with, whether it be a neighbor or a friend that we need to ask deeper questions to. God, help us to be convicted to grow so that we can make disciples. So that when we breathe our last breath, you will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. If you are interested in taking that one step past gathering to growing, to serving, to recommitting your life to Christ, to joining a community group, log into our church center app and click on connect card, fill it out. We will get you plugged into a place and a community where you can grow. Thank you all. Have a wonderful week and happy new year. If you are encouraged by today's talk, feel free to share it with your friends. Please also consider rating and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please visit us online at murrayhills.com.